This is Jessica. And this is Kelly. And this is the Chasing Brighter podcast. Hi, welcome to February's Book Club. This month, we are exploring Eight Dates by John Gottman and Julie Schwartz Gottman. Dr. John Gottman and Dr. Julie Schwartz Gottman are world-renowned researchers and clinical psychologists. They have revolutionized the study of marriage, and for nearly five decades, they have conducted research on all facets of relationships, including parenting issues. At the Gottman Institute, they developed an approach that not only supports and repairs troubled marriages and committed relationships, but strengthens happy ones. The Gottman Institute provides live workshops and take-home training materials for couples, while the Gottman Referral Network provides therapy referrals to couples. They have published over 200 academic journal articles and written 46 books that have sold over a million copies. Their 2018 book, Eight Dates, Essential Conversations for a Lifetime of Love, is what we're going to be exploring today. How's it going today, Kelly? Good. Wow. That was, you know, it's a lot. Um, I did some, you know, continue to, I think we knew about the Gottmans and like their background, but like as I, you know, did research for this um, book club book and just the book, it is insane how much um, information that they have produced over the years about relationships. And this book, eight dates is and every book they published continues to be sort of this culmination, right. Of everything they've had up to this point. And it's all based on research of couples. So it's yeah. not even their own opinions of things. It's that it's these proven tried and true and tested, um, things that will make relationships and marriages successful. Yeah. I mean, I love research proven methods. Um, I have gone through Gottman training for myself as a therapist and that's when we had Orly Katz on being a level three Gottman therapist means that she's like the highest level that you can be and gone to all of their trainings. Mm -hmm. And um, just because it's so heavily research-based, you know, I find it to be fascinating, you know, as a therapist, I do see a few couples in my practice and it does, I think people have such a hard time really understanding, like, it just seems too simple. You know what I mean? Like um, it may seem like tiny positive things make the least difference in a relationship, but the small positive things done regularly build a lifetime of love. And I think it, it just seems too simple sometimes for a couple, but it's these simple things of, you know, um, rituals of connection, asking each other questions, going on dates. And I found it really fascinating in this book. My husband and I um, went to therapy with a, um, a Gottman therapist, and it was interesting. Almost every single date and every chapter was already something that we did because we had gone to a Gottman therapist. Isn't that interesting? Well, it's, it's a proven methodology, which I think is fantastic. And they know these are the topics that um, are critical foundational parts of a relationship that you kind of have to continue to work, work at. And yeah, so the book is split up. So the book is devised of these eight dates Um, And those eight dates are various topics that matter um, in terms of a relationship. And they're they're really the idea to spark conversations, um, to be vulnerable, to share, to really open lines of communication. Um, And that's what they found to be effective, right? So 
the first state is about trust and commitment. The second is addressing conflict. The third is sex and intimacy. Then it's work and money, family, fun and adventure, growth and spirituality. And then the eighth date closes out with dreams. Yeah. And each of these dates, um, there is a guided, um, you know, couple activities Mm -hmm. and exercises beforehand and and questionnaires. Yeah. How to set yourself up. How does this date start? Um, But it's really about having these deep, meaningful conversations and being in a long term relationship and having been married for however long. I think it it's so easy even like Brian and I went on, we've been doing these like happy hour dates on Fridays, which is like an hour with the drink before the, before we like grab dinner with the kids or whatever. And it's easy to be like, how was your week? Good. How was your week? And you talk about that. And that's sort of even meaningful in some way, but you never really get to the meat of relationships of your relationship about topics. And so this is really such a great primer um, for people who have a hard time getting deep and it's topics that are, it's, it's really, it's not negative, right? Joss. I mean, it's things yeah, it that reminds are... me of Orly's card decks too, like her relationship yes. card decks, yeah, just point. even like, yeah. you don't even have to make it a big deal. Like what I think is awesome is it sets up the date. Like this date will be good to have at a picnic. This date, you can go yes. walk. This date is a romantic restaurant, but really it's, you can just ask two questions. You know, it doesn't even have to be a date, but it really gets you going exploring and being vulnerable. But I did want to say like the first third of the book, what I really liked was there were four skills of intimate conversations to explore and also the art of listening. And so yes, I liked yes. those things. So like on too. the four skills of intimate conversations, like put into words what you're feeling, like I feel blank when ask your partner open-ended questions and they do reiterate that through each chapter on like ask open-ended questions you know an open-ended question is a question that a person cannot respond with one word you know and make exploratory statements like tell me about that talk to me i'm listening and i think expressing empathy i love hearing like you're making sense that must have been really frustrating with for you i agree with what you're saying like so they give a ton of examples on how you can practice that in your part with in your partner which is really like practicing validating their feelings and then i also like the art of listening like put distractions away like don't have a phone be present like just listen to the person ask questions if you don't understand anything right your only goal is not to wait to talk but your goal is to really truly ask questions and and listen and understand where they're coming from. And I think one of the things I loved so much about this um, on the art of listening was like when they talk about not being critical or avoiding judgment, when you try to solve someone's problem, that sounds critical, right? So Kelly, if you called and you were like, oh, I'm really upset because Wes is really struggling in class. And I was like, well, you should call his teacher and you know, you need to get him a tutor and you do this and you do this and you do this. That to me, whether even though I'm trying to help you and come at from a loving perspective, that sounds judgy and critical. And the first thing I could do is be like, wow, Kelly, it sounds like you're really struggling right now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I found when I am in a clear mindset and I'm having a hard time with something and I do call my spouse and I voice some concern, 
I usually am saying, okay, I'm going to tell you this, but I don't want you to say anything. I just want you to listen. I've been able to kind of even deal with, like, I've learned that I need to tell that person how I want them to like respond to me in some way. So they don't problem solve. It's very easy. I think sometimes depending on the relationship dynamic you have, it's almost like setting expectations. Yeah. No, um, totally saying, Hey, I want to talk to you about something, but I don't, I just want you to hear me right now. Yes. I'm not looking yeah. for solutions. The just, I think some of the, some of these dates, it's, it's fun in, in a lot of ways. Um, it's good information to know. Um, an example is the, the chapter on money and the discussion of money there are questions that you ask each other about, you know, what did your maternal and paternal grandparents do for a living? Um, what did your parents do for a living? How well off were your parents? And it really starts to kind of, um, you know, have a conversation about some things that you haven't maybe talked about in great detail that would be, you know, s- some good information to know. One of the things that um, Gottman says is through their research, nearly 70% of the time the issues a marriage has never go away. They're always there. They're always a problem and that those successful relationships are ones in which people gain a perspective and kind of like understand and have a deeper um, understanding of why people do that. For example, it's like if somebody like likes to spend money, is it, what is the deeper meaning there? What is it that they're really trying? And the more you can gain a perspective on that, maybe it becomes less of an annoying thing. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> which is important because some of that you can't fix. People aren't going to change. They always say, no, but people don't change. So, Well, I think like I love, um, and I know you and I love stories of family of origin, but that we really need to recognize that our family of origin is playing into who we are today. So I like the way they play that like, they talk about that like with um addressing conflict right how how was anger in your household how was anger expressed in your household you know um how did your parents disagree you know how did they solve um conflict and so it's just kind of like oh really kind of recognizing um how that's playing out you know yeah yeah and you know those are some things that i've i don't think brian and i have ever really talked about in a more deliberate conversation, right? That are good to know. Um, yeah. It also starts with these guidelines. Um, you talked about the the skills, the four skills of an intimate conversation. And also like, kind of like when you use this book, what you need to do. So it's, you know, read a little. So each person would read about the date, um, maybe individually or together to sort of know what they're getting into. Talk a lot drink a little or not at all because it talks about how alcohol is can kind of um you know get in the way a little bit and keep a sense of humor i think that's an important thing too and when i hear that i feel like it's about laughing and about like sometimes um it helps make light so one doesn't feel that they're being attacked or taking things personally by keeping Mm -hmm. you know making sure you can get some laughs in i do find that even in my own situations sometimes where we have like really heated conversations and then Brian would make a joke and they'd be like "Mm, too early too early for that and I was like no it's fine like at least I know it's not like weighing on weighing on him to like be angry or something at me yeah yeah 
Yeah. So, yeah. And so the first date, it's kind of funny that, you know, the sex and intimacy is like chapter three. It doesn't kind of start with that one right away. Um, I think that what I like is the first, the first date is about trust and commitment. And Mm -hmm. he had a couple come in and he, they were like, we've been to a bazillion therapists. We're not, we, we, this isn't going to work. It's just not going to work out for us, whatever. And he was like, how could they even like, how can you go through all those therapists and not like fix this? And so then he made them come into his office and they started talking and he said, mm, you're right. I can't help you. Um, you know, you, you both don't have trust and commitment to each other. You both have like one foot out the door and he went through this whole thing and they're like, and he, so he was like, and you can go now. And they're like, whoa, whoa, wait a second. You know, it was like, they almost like didn't think that they needed therapy because it was hopeless. And then once he kind of like identified the issue, it's just so neat because he, they have, you know, both of the Gottmans have just such a, a deep experience here, right? Just a broad, deep, so many relationships, so many right. different ways in which they've studied things and they've been able to kind of put some science to it, which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, I, yeah. I They supposedly can like meet a couple and within three minutes note know within a 97% accuracy whether they'll stay together or not. And I know the next chapter is addressing conflict. And that's what reminds me of Gottman, right? They say couples either turn away or turn toward one another. And couples who turn toward one another are couples who survive. And, um, you know, there are ways that, um, like, not to fight, they call them the four horsemen. And um, couples who do that, right, if you cannot fix that, if you cannot fix that. So it's, um, so I can remember off the top of my head, of the, the four horsemen, it would be um, defensiveness, stonewalling, contempt, and criticism. So if you come at things with those four, and they have antidotes for each of those, but if you're, if a couple isn't able to fix those, it's very difficult, right, for a a couple to succeed. So I think that's fascinating. Yeah. And I like, like you're saying, they give like a little case example in each chapter. Mm -hmm. Um, Was there anything else you want to talk about at Trust and Commitment? Um, I like how these are all split up to really kind of be flexible too. So um, there was the, the, with the trust and commitment where it was like, do this or do that. Or if you're at home, an example is the, the blindfolding your partner and then walking them through your house, just kind of a neat, neat way to kind of look at building trust and commitment with your partner. How is your partner with any of these? Did you guys get a chance to do any of the dates? Well, I just finished the book. So I would say oh, we so you wanted to read the whole book and then go back. Yeah. And do a date. Yes. So I can be honest, and I think maybe that's me not always doing everything the way you're supposed to do it, but like my partner is not going to read the book and my partner is not going to do the activities. <laughs> that's okay. Um, so we were able to just go right to the questions and oh, explore cool. well, some of the questions, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and and that's why I was saying I found it really fascinating because he was like, we already did all of this, which was really interesting that like when we when we went to couples, it was like, wow, we really kind of addressed a lot of these, which is fascinating. So, again, that must be just kind of part of the Gottman model. Yeah. Right. On like those questions and getting to know each other, updating your information about each other. But there are opportunities for fun um, and to give ideas. I and also we didn't talk about this, but. Um, they did have a little section at the beginning on like obstacles to date night. And people always say time and money and they had other mm-hmm. ones, but time, money, child, child care. care. Yeah. 
And it was kind of like, and this is where I do. It's like, I call your BS. You know what I mean? Like, if you cannot do this, then you're not prioritizing your relationship. That's what I think, right? Because it's like, you could put the kids to bed and go through some questions together. You know what I mean? You can, like, it, you have to make the time. And if you can't, then that's really a reflection of where your relationship is on your list of priorities. They have like, so it goes through like a rationale, gives an example of a couple, it gives activities and questionnaires, and then it gives a chapter. And the chapter summary they call speed dating. So I feel like I, I, I did speed dating through the book. So before it gets to the specific date, it will say, here's a little summary and here are some things that you can do. And so like, let's say maybe you want to do like a couple dates, you know, maybe you want to do um, fun and adventure and you want to do the sex intimacy, but the rest of them, you can do a speed dating, right? You can sit together, summarize the chapter, ask each other a couple of questions. And I thought that was cool too. Yes. And, you know, I think that's a great point about this book is that the reason why the Gottmans keep publishing the same content 25 different ways is because they find different ways to make it accessible and digestible. You know, we read plenty of books that are crazy academic, a lot of research, and it's just a heavy book. And I think for them, they're very thoughtful about how they can continue to help and improve relationships with for others by making something digestible. And this book is like neat in that it's very flexible to your point in that way you can you don't have to read the whole book you can just dive in and try out a couple chapters you can you know like you're saying use sections in different different ways and so you you use it the way that it works for you it is such a great um tool right for any couple um even if you just use it once it it produces deep right result is like deep and meaningful conversations which is how you build connections and how you build um you know those intimate conversations absolutely so yeah i thought this was a cool book it is kind of it is a quick read in a lot of ways yeah um because it's less about reading the book and it's more about doing the activities themselves so i'll have to get keep you updated on some of these jess on when brian and i um get to them because we've been having this friday happy hour thing i think that's a perfect way to spend some time and tackle these yeah and i think too like if we look at the um like if i jumped to the fourth date um work and money you know and i know i've heard before and i don't know the literal statistic but like couples the top thing that couples argue about is money and so um i found it interesting we did the the questionnaire you know so an example of questions on the money questionnaire you know it's like answer you know five strongly agree all the way to one strongly disagree so like for me having money means having power or for me, enough money means being able to have the time to do what I like. For me, having money means caring, love, and affection. And so uh, my husband and I were able to kind of quickly go through that and like count up what our score was and then kind of talk about mm. um, what that meant for us, you know? And it's interesting being married for 21 years, together for 23 years, you know, we were together when we were very poor, right? We were like 20 and had no money and... So it was interesting for us to kind of have a conversation about like, you know, what we thought it was going to be like when we were struggling students and then how it is now 20 plus years later and like what money means to us. And both of us were kind of like, 
I think maybe a long time ago, we would think enough money means having time, but we have no time, right? We have way more money than we did when we were 20 and there's zero time. So maybe at 20, we had these ideas of it, you know, but, um, and like for us, money doesn't mean anything like it, like for things it says, like it means love and caring, or it means positive self-esteem, or it means being accepted by others. Like we were kind of like very much on the same page about like, you know, money doesn't mean anything about who we are at the core of the core of who we are, you know? Yeah. That's cool. Um, that's very interesting. Um, you're right though. I, it does make you think about like when you're younger, you just feel like you just need more money. And then as you get a job and you continue to build success, you realize that it's, it's more about the time that seems like the. Yeah. And we were also, old. we were also like, it was really simple. We were kind of saying how it was like simpler when we had no money, but like, we don't want to go back there either. I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, cause you had like four bills and not a lot of responsibilities too, you know? You were able to make do with what you had though. And there's a simple simplicity about that. Yeah. Were there other, and I would say, I have a few other chapters. I kind of wanted to jump around. Were there any, did yeah. you want to go through each one or what were some chapters? Um, I thought they were all great. About? Yeah, um, yeah. In a lot of different ways, just because they really do tackle different topics, which I appreciated. What were the ones that you wanted to do? Well, like fun and adventure, you know, oh, and yes. again, that was my experience. That's a big Gottman thing, but kind of like recreational companionship and having like a hobby to do together, you know, play together and, and be together, um, you know, um, and this is like, you know, when you talk about when they highlight on some of the pages, like it says one of the big myths in relationships is that you need to have similar ideas about what constitutes fun and adventure to have a successful relationship. And I think that's so true. Like my um, partner and I do not, um, I would say like what it means to unwind and relax. I know we've talked before. I'm just really active. And so for me, it would be like going and doing something, going and having an adventure, going hiking, going biking, going and doing something. And my husband's idea of relaxing is like chilling on the couch like watching a TV show, watching a sporting event or something like that. But that doesn't mean, I guess it's kind of like, yeah, that you have to have similar things and do all the same things for you to be successful. Like that's not the case for us. Um, but we do have things that we do enjoy together. I don't know. Am I making any sense? Yeah. Yeah. And for, yeah, I mean, you and I are very similar in terms of just wanting to get out and do things and not necessarily having just because your partner doesn't always share that doesn't mean a you can't do it um there occasionally when it's like my birthday which is also around mother's day so it's only one time a year that i get to say this is what we're going to do because it's something i like to do even though i don't have others who exactly want to do it but I want to do it and I want to do it with, I want to share it with um, my family. So they had to just deal. And I know that they may not enjoy it, but I'm happy that we're all together doing it. And that's enough for me. And I think I've come to the realization that I can do that. Even if they don't enjoy it, I know that they're going to do it because I wanted to do it. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but I agree. I think that that is something. And then also working on finding ways to share, to to find adventures that you have in common, you know, that you're willing, that you both would be interested in doing. Um, I think it's really hard 
because of the life stage we're at, Jess, to really do a lot of activities with your spouse. Um, because we're constantly going from thing to thing with kid commitments. You're squeezing in a date night, which usually is a drink and dinner, right? Um, and, you know, finding other ways to spend time with them is hard. Yeah. And I would say that's why I really like, I don't know if we've talked about this before, but I like having tickets somewhere, you know, like season tickets, a ticket somewhere. We've done that over the years. You know, I mean, you guys have yeah, the White Sox point. and the Cubs, like mini packs or so we have um, season tickets to the Golden Knights. And that's kind of our thing. If you're like, what's the thing that you guys have together? That's our thing. I think 41 home games. So, um, you know, there's opportunity for us to get together. You know, that's kind of like our thing that we do. We have our little rituals and stuff. Um, and uh, so I think like if you can get like some, like we have the Smith Center here, we have different things. We have the Silver Knights, we have the Aces, we have, you know, sporting events and shows. Like if you can kind of get season tickets, that creates accountability because you will be tired and you will be busy and you won't make it a priority. So sometimes I think that creates accountability. And then also they have like, what is it, four or five pages of of little things that says for the fun of it and it lists like things that you can do, plan a picnic, shop for cars. This one's interesting. I actually kind of wonder if I would do this. It says ride the local bus system around town rather than drive. Like just go chill on the bus. Like I think that's interesting. We have like, like the that. big double bus the here. Cat. Um well we have the cat transit. It's called the deuce or something. I don't know, whatever. Like the hmm. Um, so I'm like, that's kind of interesting, right? Just like sit and chill and write around because, um, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to underscore that I did highlight in the book, the, for a couple plan adventure is all about learning together, growing together, exploring together and supporting the natural curiosity you both have. Adventure always involves the unknown. And as such, there is a hint of danger to it. Some people can tolerate more danger than others. Explore the ways you're the same, explore the ways you're different and find your common ground. John and Julie found their common adventure in ocean kayaking an activity, but they both love to do. Yeah. Yeah. And you and Brian walk a lot. Yeah. I mean, that's our... That's an, an adventure <laughs> um, that we share. I mean, I think it's something that when we, yeah, when we go out to Vegas or something, we'll try to find places we could hike and do more. But around here, just something that's pretty accessible is just, you know, getting and walking around the neighborhoods. And we do it more when it's nice, nicer out. Absolutely. Definitely get out today and do that. And it is just, I, I absolutely love doing activities like that with, with my partner. Um, you have, you can have a lot of meaningful conversations. Right. Um, you just feel like you're building those connections by just spending time doing something together. Yeah. And I think, um, I, I, I think it is important to have fun together, right? That's what they're talking about. And yep. it's like, you're saying we're in the midst of craziness and whatnot, but it's like, we are trying to carve out time together and it may not be what it was when we were younger and, it, you know, um, but whatever it is for you that you're enjoying time together. And I think it's also looking at what helps you feel connected, you know, like, do you feel connected to your partner? And if not, what helps you feel connected? You know, for my husband, sitting down, snuggling and watching a show has him feel very connected. For me, I like to go on a date, but for me, I don't have to go on a date 
five times a month for me once or twice a month i feel connected when we're out away from the house away from the kids and doing things and so it's just kind of talking about it what do you enjoy what do you enjoy and then Mm -hmm. trying to do those things so you stay connected um, another the the last chapter I wanted to talk about was the seventh date growth and spirituality. So I think that's interesting because yes, I yes, think I want to talk about that one too. Yeah, well, we were talking about it. So uh, my husband and I were both raised Catholic, but our Catholic experiences were very different. And so, you know, I think we both talked about our ideas from growing up on like we thought we were gonna have a home just like we grew up but we don't and also like we talked about the different our differences between like religion and spirituality you know like um and how we both kind of changed and if we're happy with what we're doing with our growth there um so i thought that led to a very interesting conversation about the growth and spirituality chapter one of the things that i really thought was interesting is some of the questions that um, they recommend discussing in the conversation for the date and just thinking about, you know, how you've grown and changed in your relationship and really talking about that. That's something that we have spent in our time when we've gone through um, couples counseling is just how our relationship has changed. And I think when it does get to a point you've been together a long time, you see that how, how much it's changed over time. I think having kids changes it a lot or changed it a lot too, and just how we were. Um, but everyone kind of evolves over time in some way. It's a very interesting topic. You know, we took our kids out of Catholic school this year, and that was something that um, we really haven't had a chance to talk through too much in terms of what does it mean, even in terms of like our own goals with spirituality, even as parents, mm-hmm. which is part of it as well. We talked a little bit about it um, for ourselves personally and, our, and and correct, like for our children and what we want for our children. And I think um, what I've noticed is I feel like where we're at and what we've been exposed to, we have... Um, some religions that I think are kind of fanatical, missionary type recruitment, various religions around here. And so I it was important for me to give our children a core um, spiritual lens and also a religious lens to look through things. So then they weren't ripe for the picking for these various religions. Does that make sense? And so they are asked to go to church and to go to activities and go to things with other kids. And so I'm glad that they have a base to identify with as am I making any sense? Cause I had watched a documentary a long time ago and it was on like evangelical religions and kids who are raised with no religion were more um, susceptible to being um, recruited for fanatic, these kind of fanatical evangelical religions. And so it was like, okay, I want to give my kids kind of a base. So they have some belief system, um, and so then if they're invited to go, they they already have their own views and thoughts and stuff. Yeah. If that makes yeah. any sense. No, it does. Yeah. 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 So that I was think, cool. Yeah. I think that's great. To talk about. It is. Um, it's like many other topics about how you're shaping and building your little humans. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the only one I think um, 
we really talk too much about the kids because I really think it's great to really kind of focus on if you're if you're going through this and your parents together. It's like you don't want everything to end up being about the kids, right? You want it to be about you too. As yeah, I mean, it is the couple. foundation, right? Is about the togetherness and in your relationship with your partner and making it an adventure, right? Being curious about the other person and being vulnerable yourself um, and sharing your hopes and dreams and fears and feeling safe, right? That you can do that and not feel judged about it is a really important part. And I think that's also why, you know, the book is about just really having fun, um, learning and, you know, being brave to talk about things. And I think this book is timeless. You know, I was going to say 23 yeah. years, but Kelly, we've been with our partners 24 years this year. 99. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Kelly and I both met our significant others in 1999 when we were five years old. No, <laughs> <laughs> and um, it's so interesting. I, I love how this says that this is an essential guide for couples. I think this is timeless. You, this is something you could do annually every mm -hmm. five years because we're growing and changing and evolving. And so it's fascinating to see where your partner is. Like, where are you with work and money? Where are you with sex and intimacy? As we know, like libidos come and go, go all over the place. Our sexual desires, all of that um, can change. And so this offers, you know, an opportunity to kind of have a guided conversation. So you're not just maybe feeling defensive or something, be able to just look together at this guide to facilitate conversations with your partner. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the book is in a lot of ways, hopefully the beginning of, you know, many, many conversations, um, many, many dates, right? Yeah. It's yeah. about, to your point, right? Those small intimate moments that really add up to that lifetime of connection in your relationship. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, if you are in a committed relationship, um, I highly recommend eight dates. I think it will really help you facilitate some great conversations. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think in closing, one of the things that in the I highlighted toward the end of the book that I absolutely loved, and I, I know that they mentioned this a lot, is um, couples whose love lasts have a ratio of five to one positive to negative interactions during a fight or a conflict. So it's just really, I think that's to me a very motivating thing to think about the positivity that comes right with all of this. It's in the end of the day, there's not that much negativity and it is mostly positive, those relationships that last. I love that. And, you know, it's just cherishing each about cherishing each other and continuing to um, build that relationship. So yeah, this was a great, I think this was a great read. Um, and it's, it's, it's a fun way to, you know, continue to connect with your partner. I think so, because I think we can lose ourselves in those roles, right, of parent, spouse, whatever. And I think this allows for us to um, get back to connecting each other on a more human level. So I love that. Yeah. And I mean, I think just even in closing, right, this is about in Chasing Brighter, like living your best life. And if you're in a long-term relationship, it's about like continuing to build that connection and build that intimacy and that bridge and having that be a very fulfilling um, lifetime of love relationship. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for listening and joining us today. And don't forget to follow us on social media at Chasing Brighter or on our blog, ChasingBrighter.com.